It is episode number 018 of the Open Heart Collective. Uh, I'm happy. I am excited. I am uh, a little intimidated tonight because my special guest is an absolute beast of a human being, Mr. Josh Levin. Josh, tell the people who you are. Um, I am uh, one of one of those kinds of people, right? So now currently, well, currently I always say that because what I'm most known for now is I run a commercial electric company called Empowered Electric, which is gaining traction galore every day uh, in the Kansas City area. That's where I'm from, Kansas City, Missouri. Um, becoming a contractor that people want to use, not have to use, people want to work for, not have to work for. Um, when you ask 25 of our electricians if they want to be electricians, if they want to work here, they answer, hell yeah. Um, we focus on people more than profit, and dude, it, it has been powerful. But before that, when I say I was one of those kinds of people, it's because I came from a past filled with child abuse, child neglect, poverty, addiction, went to five schools in two years, went to 30 schools before high school, um, failed you know, four classes my eighth grade year, not because I didn't take academics seriously, but whenever it's either study or survive, um, you always default to survival. So in every stretch of the imagination, my DNA was one of victim, tragic, going down this path that was chosen for me. Um, and we were able to break that cycle, which, you know, flash forward, spoiler alert, that's what has, you know, the name Empowered Electric has so much to do with about empowering I was people, wondering about um, that. not letting your past. Yeah. Yeah. So that's in a nutshell who I am. Nice. Well, I mean, I, I've been intrigued by you for several months, years now, because yeah. they're not, not years. We haven't been connected that much, but because you just kind of, I mean, I'm not in Kansas City, right? Yep. I'm not in the electrical space, although my my uh, one of my brothers is. I mean, I, it it's like out of absolute nowhere you kind of appeared, and yeah, you're doing something that it, it is so groundbreaking yet so every day that we always see it, and you're telling such a compelling narrative for people in your field like you should be looked up to by anybody coming up in the game right now because yeah. what you're doing nobody else is doing or if there are they're late to the game and they're following in your footsteps yeah no i appreciate that and um until yeah. you shared with me a little bit via email or via i think with id about your your past i didn't know that that's where you came from Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And it's been fun because uh, it's always interesting. So we kind of are. I, I It's funny. I'm a construction company. And in every stretch of the imagination, the thought of running a construction company for the rest of my life makes me want to puke. Like I want nothing <laughs> to do with it. Um, not because I'm not passionate about it. It's just the whole idea is the people first. Um, right. And because when I look back on my story, honestly, it was a fourth grade teacher that rocked my world and a fifth grade teacher and a high school coach and an ex-girlfriend's parents that, you know, kind of always were saying like, hey, are you sure you're trying hard enough? You know, and there's there's multiple stories that go on with that. But it's it's interesting to as I go to these like high schools and stuff to like tell people hey, man, you don't have to be what people think you are. You know, it's just, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's such a cliche thing. Like, don't let your past define you. So, um, but it's true. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's what this is all about. For, for those of you who are 
watching an episode for the first time or listening to an episode for the first time and you've never you don't know what the open heart collective is the open heart collective is a mission that was started back originally in 2013 the mission of that at the time was or the the process of it at the time was we were creating an online book this is a book similar to like Facebook, I guess, if you want to look at it like that, where I would go in and I'd write my story. Josh, you could go in and write your story. Mm-hmm. Tony could go in and write his. Rowan could mm-hmm. go write hers. Like all these people could go in there and write their write their stories because I and I know my story doesn't always have resonate with somebody or leave an impact on somebody's life, but your story can resonate with someone yeah. else. And yeah. yeah. Then that led yeah. into this podcast in twenty or in March. I was going to do all this men, month of mental health awareness because alliteration, and um, yeah. then it quickly became something more. Yeah. Well, I think you know I appreciate that because what's interesting is I think oh we're frozen a little bit. What are yours? I think we're good. <laughs> Are you there? I'm, not gonna, I'm here. I'm here. Something's going weird. Can you hear me? Am I breaking up? I can hear you, but you're, but you're slow on the move. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hmm. It can be fixed in still, editing. We're good. Still? Still, uh, we're good. still slow? Okay. We're good. So I guess like, for, for me, man, um, what's interesting is I think like a lot of our stories are the same. Like we see something, we're told something, we believe something, man, at a young age. So my, so my mom got pregnant with me when she was in high school. She was 16 years old. Um, well, she was 15 years old when she got pregnant, 16 when she had me. My, my dad was 17. And, uh, you know, typical story of didn't want to be looked at as a slut, a hoe, all that kind of stuff. Dropped out of school. Um, got kicked out of her house, kind of had a tragic, you know, situation where I come into the world. Um, my dad was a 17 year old, you know, kid and didn't really know how to step up to the plate. And so they ended up splitting up. And I wish like my story would have just like that, that would have been the worst decision my mom had made um, was, you know, getting knocked up at a young age, but she just continued to spiral out of control. And um, I think by the time of fifth grade, I had, you know, three stepdads and, and they were extremely oh. abusive and, and drug, you know, drug users, heavily drug users. You know, it's funny, like we were so poor, um, we couldn't afford to keep the water on, to keep the electricity on. Um, I remember being at a young age, learning how to put a meter socket in that, you know, we had bought from a pawn shop, you know, because the utility company, when they kill right. the power, they pulled the a meter and we would buy one from a pawn shop and put it in at nighttime. And learn, you know, learned how to turn the water on and things like that. And I was told like survival was the best you could do. You know, it, it was, it wasn't right. thrive. It wasn't succeed. It wasn't school. Um, and, and, you know, they would always have money to go out and party on Fridays and get super drunk. And they always had money to buy dime sacks and whatever else they wanted to do, but not money to pay for food, not money to get us out of the ghetto, you know, all that kind of stuff. Very low, yeah. low income housing. And, and honestly expect handouts all the time, which was crazy. So don't work hard, you know, because when it comes down to it, you know, somebody else will buy you Christmas presents off the Christmas tree at the mall, you know, DFS right. will you know, pay for insurance, things like that. So I saw this really weird, uh, 
you know, dilemma of, you know, this is who I was going to be. And I mentioned a teacher in fourth grade. There was this teacher, Mrs. Burke, my fourth grade teacher. Um, I went there about halfway through the year. And I remember I really liked her because uh, she was cute. Uh, that's what I remember from fourth grade. Always a good thing in fourth grade. (laughs) Um, but I remember we watched the lion King and, uh, you know, I grew up with, without knowing my dad, I didn't meet my dad till I was 17 and I had all these abusive stepdads and, uh, we watched the Lion King in that scene when Mufasa dies, dude, I just started like tearing up. I thought you were going to do the lift up one. (laughs) No, 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 no. When, when the dad dies and I start tearing up and she like called me out to the hallway real quick. And, you know, so I didn't get made fun of by the other kids, you know, because, you know, she could tell something was going on. And later on that year, she didn't ask for a permission slip. She didn't ask my parents approval. She literally just said, hey, this Saturday, I'm running a 5K. I bought you a ticket. You know, I want you to come run this 5K with me. And uh, she came to my house, picked me up. I went out with uh, her and her boyfriend. And she said, "Okay, let's run. And I didn't train. I was in fourth grade. And we're running along. And I, you know, every once in a while, I'd want to stop or whatever. And she'd be like, no, 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 keep running, keep running. Let's go, let's go. And we ran the whole thing. And at the end, she was like, hey, did you think you could run that far? And I was like, no. And she said, did you think you could run that fast? I said, no. And she said, don't ever let someone else dictate your expectations of how far and how fast you can go. Like, I remember this like it was yesterday, partially because it had such an impact on me, her saying, like, you can be better. And she took me out for donuts and chocolate milk afterwards, you know. (laughs) So it was pretty cool. And then in fifth grade, so, you know, I'm seeing stuff. I'm, I'm getting taught stuff. And in fifth grade, my, my, my teacher, Mr. Pepic, uh, took me out to a farm, took all the kids out to a farm. It was like a year end, you know, uh, field trip or whatever. Right. And there was a water gun fight and a bunch of us teamed up on this girl and we're treating this girl really bad and shooting her and stuff. And, um, she was probably cute too. We're trying to flirt, but we were treating yeah, her really kids at, at, in fifth grade are fucking stupid. Anyways, yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. But Mr. Pepic pulled me aside and he said, Hey man, I don't, I, I know the way that you see like men treat women at home. That's not how they're supposed to treat women in the real world. Like men don't be mean to women. And it was just like this life. Cause I mean, my stepdad beat the crap out of my mom, beat the crap out of my sister, beat the crap out of me. What I saw was what I believed and what I thought. And to have a teacher pull me aside and say like, Hey man, just because you see that as normal, it's not. And so there was just like all these little instances as I'm growing up and like, you know, this path is getting chose for me of, I remember getting told, you know, because my mom got knocked up at a young age, I was going to knock a girl up. And because my parents were alcoholics, I was DN my, in my DNA, I was going to be an alcoholic. And, you know, for most of my life, I thought there was no choice. And I had these key people just constantly say like, no, you have a choice. Like you have a say in what you're going to be. So that's, you know, it, it was just impactful as hell. That's, that's one area where you and I have something in common because now my mother wasn't an addict, but after she was divorced, my father, she got involved with, um, alcoholics and, um, there was one who was actually the birth father to my stepbrother or half brother. And, um, he was everything that was wrong with the world. I mean, he and I were him. He would mentally, physically, verbally abuse my mother. I remember one time when he raised his hand to my grandmother. My grandmother was a saint of a woman. And, uh, 
but my mom being the badass that she is didn't take shit from anybody and i remember one thanksgiving where she literally impaled a salad fork into his hand because oh, wow. she i mean i don't recall exactly what led to it i just remember it happening and it being like a de- i don't want to say a defining moment but one of those those moments that makes you think like no matter how small you are you're incredibly strong and yeah the fact that I was raised in such an empathetic household, like the ability to feel was huge for me. It's still just like, like you, like dealing with the abuse is horrible. Yeah. But, but at that time, like, like that, the fifth grade teacher you had, you, you kind of get brought to this fork in the road where you can continue down the, the wrong way. Or you can take the lessons that you've learned and the pain that you've experienced to allow you to progress forward in a positive direction. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm glad that you were one to proceed forward in a positive direction. Yeah. Much yeah, as myself, because I saw that and then I was like, that is, you, you don't just teach, you don't treat people that way. Yeah. Regardless yeah. of how shitty you feel about yourself. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. 100% agree. So fifth grade happens. What what's next? What's next for you? Um, so I mean, we moved around a tot a lot, a tot. We moved around a tot. Um, <laughs> but it was like, I mean, I'm not talking like house to house. I'm talking, you know, state to state, city to city, and it was always because yeah. of eviction. Um, went to Oklahoma through middle school. Um, actually got to go to the same middle school all three years. Um. And then ended up in Kansas City. I mean, it was, it was a lot of bad. I mean, it was, it it was, it sucked. Um, right. I remember in middle school, uh, there was a huge defining moment for me because it, it was something like I learned how to hide. So I learned how to storytell, which is funny, right? Like I'm an animated speaker, um, like getting to do like paid speaking gigs and stuff, and uh, I'm super animated because I had to like lie so much about like what right. was going on with my mom, what was going on with my dad, having to lie to the cops, all this kind of stuff. And I remember uh, it was seventh grade. Um, I'd been able to keep it a secret for most people. And one day my stepdad was beating the crap out of my mom in the middle of the day. And I kind of had enough. And I was a wrestler and I was working out at the time. And so I was able to catch him off guard and take him down and hold him down. And uh, while I'm holding him there, you know, I know if I let go, I'm in deep crap. And uh, I, get hit <laughs> right. I, get, I get hit from behind. Well, just because, you know, a lot of times people are like, why don't kids fight back? Why don't they run away? There's a difference between adult strength and child strength. And like the fear that that an adult can put on a kid, it it it's overwhelming. It's suffocating. It sucks, man. Like it's right. not like I didn't want to fight back. It's like standing on the edge of a cliff. You know, it's it's terrifying. But right. so I'm holding him down. I get hit from behind, and and I'm kind of like startled. You know, like what the heck? And I turn around, and my mom's hitting me with the chair, and uh, I'm like, what in the world? And so I get up, and they're both in my face now. And you know, here I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to protect my mom, and this kind of backfires on me. She runs out of the house drunk, and um, Kevin, um, my stepdad, says, like, you better go get her or else. And so I chase her, you know, down the street trying to get her to come back, and she's yelling at me all these terrible things. And we get to a quick trip, the best gas station. I don't know where you're from. Quick trips are the greatest gas stations ever. There's some in Chicago. I've been to quick trips, man. They're all over Iowa, bro. They're awesome. So we uh, we end up at a quick trip, and it's back in the day with a payphone. She's trying to like call her friends or something, and she's trying to get the payphone to work, and it won't. So she starts slamming the phone receiver into the phone, 
and uh, screaming and yelling and making a scene. And right then my wrestling coach walks outside and I was like, oh no. And he's like, hey, Josh. And she turns and just unleashes, you know, vile all over him, just, you know, screaming, yelling, all this stuff. And he looks at me and we make eye contact. And I know at that moment, like the facade is broken, you know, like right. the emperor's naked, like people are going to know my situation. And it was so sad, dude. It, it, it sucked for, you know, a seventh grader to have to deal with that. Um, and it, I would say it was kind of, it, it, it happened. So common, bro. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it sucked. And, you know, there was a very, very similar situation. So that's why when I said I was one of those kinds of people, right? Because like words spread, um, and no, no disrespect to the coach, but like words spread. And then the same thing, like sophomore year, it happened again. And it was whenever a, a wrestling teammate was taking me home from, from practice and he took me to the house and there was chaos happening. And he said, quote, I knew I should have known you were one of those kinds of people. Um, and it just stuck with me that like so many yeah. people were up in a situation. Right. Yeah. What does it mean by one of those kind of people? That's what I'm confused by. Yeah, no. So he was a dick. Um, let's, let's not, uh, let's not okay. sugarcoat that. He was a dick. Um, you know, you view someone that's grown. I mean, think about like, getting told that, you know, you're, you're, you know, genetically disposition, your genetic disposition is to be an alcoholic, to be a drug addict, to be a violent temperament, you know, all these kinds of things. Um, you've grew up in survival mode. You're not going to thrive in a household where the parents stay together and they raise their kids right. and stuff like that. I mean, it's just not something you see. So in a lot of ways, I mean, I get it. Like I am one of those kinds of people, but it doesn't mean you have to stay that way. Like I, I, I speak at a juvenile detention center pretty, pretty often. And I always tell those that kids like, Hey man, honor. man, that would be an incredible yeah. honor. Dude. It's well, because people are like, how'd you get that? Call them up, man. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, it just takes call calling them up or emailing them, you know, find, you know, right. call an email, you know, a million of them, you'll get a, you'll get an opportunity. But I always tell them like your past doesn't dictate your future you know, yesterday's pains don't have to be tomorrow's tears. And I was listening to that Tony Robbins documentary on Netflix. I don't know uh -huh. if you watch that. I'm not your guru. And he says too many people live like biography is destiny. And I think like, that's true. So like, you know, it just doesn't have to be. Um, and so like people listen to advice, people like stories, but I think like personal testimony is like the most powerful. And that's why, like, I try to talk open about it because it's like, not like, oh, my fish of pain is bigger than your fish of pain, but it's like, you can overcome it, you know? Right. Yeah. So. And that's the entire, that's the entire reason that this exists, right? This is mm -hmm. the Open Heart Collective exists because the only way that we get past something is to go through something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we've become this culture and this, this society or ecosystem around where we can constantly be on the offense, be hustling, always doing grow, 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 grow. But we're never that way about how we are on the inside. Right. Yeah. Our mind, our heart, like how we feel. We, yeah, we subdue that because it's not cool to talk about. We subdue yeah. it because Oh, nobody will understand. We subdue it because maybe we're fucking scared, right? Yeah. We subdue it. We subdue our own pain because we're like, nobody gives a fuck. Well, this yeah. is the platform where we talk about that because yeah. I swear 
I swear, I swear, I swear. I if I have to do this single fucking handedly, I'm gonna end the times of where I have to where I open up Facebook or Instagram and I read about losing somebody when it could have been avoided because of just fucking talking. Yeah. Like I am tired of it. And I will yeah. not shut up until my vocal cords are literally ripped from my fucking throat. Because yeah. we that's the only way that we're gonna get past it, right? Yeah. And yeah, so I, I mean, I would, the only thing I would disagree with you on or not disagree, <laughs> not disagree, but like, you've got to run through it or you got to run, run away from it. And so for me, so like my sophomore year going through that situation, um, there were multiple times where I ran away and came back and whatever, but my, my sophomore year, I started going to like a church because of a, like when I mentioned an ex-girlfriend's parents right. that cared about me, like they brought me to church and started getting connected there and, and was able to move out of my house in with the youth pastor nice. and his family, huge opportunity. Um, and, and so to, to a lot of people, I say like, you have to be willing to like leave everything to pursue your health, your wellness, that kind of stuff. You can't, right. you can't hold on to drowning people. And like, I'm better able now to help people having helped myself first. So that's the only thing is sometimes, you know, they're like, hey, man, I can't leave my mom. I can't leave my sisters. I can't do you. You you have to like sometimes you you absolutely have to. I mean, I have three younger sisters um, that were in that situation. It sucks royally that I had to leave that and they had to go through it, um, you know, alone with with just them. But um, too many people try to be superhero, man. And I think that also leads to like depression, anxiety, you know, maybe suicide It's like trying to be too much. Like, if you need help, talk. If you need counselors, talk. You know what I mean? Like, so, I don't know. That's the only thing I would add to that is go through it or run the hell away really fast. The um, the only reason I say to go through it – now, but you didn't run away because you'd already gone through it, right? So, for you, yeah, it wasn't I mean, running I away. Kept, yeah. It, it was yeah. temporarily removing yourself so that you could grow. Yeah. And yeah. In order to become stronger so that you could go back and then you could take care of what needed to be taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. Sure. And, and this came up in Tuesday night's episode where I said, all right, you have to be happy, like find your happiness. Well, mm -hmm. and, and uh, Catherine was polite enough to disagree with me and says, no, you have to just allow yourself to feel whatever, whatever that is. But what you have, what's important about allowing yourself to feel is allowing yourself to know when to correct the feeling. Yeah. Right. So if, if you're, if you're hurting, let yourself hurt. Like I lost, um, last fall, uh, I lost my uncle and, uh, it was really tragic. He's actually, he was in a uh, roofing. And he was 76 years old, and then he was working on a roof one day and uh, fell off and landed on his head and never got back and never got back up. Mm. But which it was weird. I'd like that was probably one of the most emotional like times because I didn't get what like I didn't understand why I was so emotional because I'd lost my stepfather earlier in the year alcohol and. Um, it was just so weird that I was more emotional with this with my uncle than I was with prior because yeah. it was, 
I, I still don't guess I, I guess I still don't understand why, but I allowed myself to feel it. And it was so liberating in a weird way. <laughs> hmm. But um yeah. I think I think we block ourselves from feeling. Yeah. Well, and I think like going on to your point is like you think like Man, there's so much like, listen, okay, so I'm going to talk about every, all my opinions are only my own. So I'm not trying to discredit people. Like I'm, I'm very pragmatic. Like, Hey man, if it works for you, I'm kind of cool with it. Like, you know, I know, I know I'll give my, my, my thoughts and stuff. But what I mean is like this whole, like your best life now and everything's great. And there's just all these books that like, are, you know, you're enough, you're good. And I'm like, man you're not it sucks and it's hard and it hurts and like but that's okay in the sense of like you kind of gotta you kind of gotta go through it and i mean i'm not saying don't run over you know remove yourself or go through it it's just like people are kind of shocked like i almost feel like it's whenever people are like talking about like startups and, and entrepreneurship it's just like life it's like man i you know i went to a business meeting got a million bucks bitches what you know and it's like it's not like that, man. Like it's hard as hell. It's a grind. And that's, that's life. If you want to have a meaningful life, a meaningful relationship, meaningful engagements, like, dude, it's, it's painful. It's hard. Like you don't get there without it. And it's like, you know, so like, just because you're sad and just because things are hard, doesn't mean you're bad, you know? Right. I don't know. I don't know. Let, let, I mean, we're both entrepreneurs here. So we can have this conversation. And I mean, originally this was going to be geared towards musicians and entrepreneurs anyways, because it's the circles that I run in. Yeah. But now it's just generally about being a human. But let's talk about being an entrepreneur for a second. It sucks. Like it's fucking terrifying. Nobody gets it other than fellow entrepreneurs and sometimes not even them. And you're alone a lot. It's a yeah. lot of time in front of a fucking computer screen, in front of a phone, in front of people that honestly don't give a fuck about you or your product or your service, but are yeah. placating you because they feel bad and they want to give you that that little attaboy, that little push along. But being an entrepreneur is fucking terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I tell, yeah, I tell I, we do we do some consulting and stuff and I tell people, I mean. I think there's only like maybe two that I've told to move forward with it. Everybody else that's pitched startup ideas, I told them don't like that. It, it was going to crush right. them. They, they weren't ready. They weren't equipped. Um, and I don't think I was ready or equipped. I mean, yeah. I definitely wasn't. <laughs> I, uh, so yeah, I mean, so volunteering at that juvenile detention center. So I was an electrician. I became an electrician. Um, and excelled, got into a good company that valued hard work that valued, you know, um, attitude and then ambition. So usually you go through a four-year apprenticeship program and you, then you're a licensed journeyman. And then once you're a licensed mm-hmm. journeyman, um, you can become a foreman and run jobs. Well, when I was a second year apprentice, I started running jobs because I was like hustling. I was, I was just balls deep and it loved it and, uh, learned all these skills and advanced well and kept advancing and kept advancing. Long story short, I started traveling all over the country for them doing these jobs and I'm in this airplane and well, I'm in the airplane, I'm writing in a journal, you know, like a moleskin or whatever. And I'm like, man, I love to speak. I love to tell my story, but I don't want to necessarily share it at a church or something like that. I want to speak at a right. Hall, land the plane, 
take my phone off airplane mode. No joke. This lady says, hey, this is so-and-so. I know we haven't talked in years, but I'm volunteering at a juvenile detention center. I was wondering if you'd give an Easter message. That was kind of where I got the open door to go and speak and get it for about three years every week, every Wednesday. And while there, really connected with them, really inspired them. And then when they would get out, I would kind of do like a big brothers, big sisters mentorship with them also. And most of them, every kid, man, would say the biggest fear was finding a job, finding employment. And so, you know, people had been talking to me about starting my own company and, and the high risk, high reward meant nothing to me. My name meant nothing to me. Notice it's not Josh's electric, Levin's electric, JL electric. Like these are like common names that are like all over the place. Um, right. Not common names, but you know, people name it their name. And uh, right. so finally one day I'm talking to this kid named Josh and he, and he just said like straight up, if I don't find a job in the next week, I'm going to go back to running drugs because we're about to get evicted and I'll go back to selling drugs before I see my sister get evicted again. And when he said right. sister, it kind of resonated with me because of my, you know, I have four sisters. Um, and I was like, that's it. And I literally within that week, like went to my shit I was able to cash out and I was like I got five weeks to figure out how to make a bigger impact um and so Empower Electric was born in that about empowering people through electric opportunity um and within five weeks sold my first job started running like hell um and would just sell 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 and then you know uh hire a guy on and sell 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 and hire a guy on and sell 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 and hire a guy on and work 16 20 hours six days a week just brutal non-stop um but the the passion was there. So I always say like the business statement of Empowered Electric is to homophobic that aren't you know all these kinds of negative bigotry that's out there you know it's we're in it together and we always say that we hire and fire way more about attitude and ambition than skill and experience 100 percent um you know it was funny we were on this this one time i got asked the question like how'd you create such an amazing culture and i said dude i didn't create this culture but i'm sure as hell protecting it you know um and i think as an entrepreneur that's that's a big a big role of mine of yours it's of all of ours. I mean, yeah. that very, very similar to you. I was in jobs. I mean, I worked dead end jobs all the time. I, the last dead end job I was in was not the job, but it was, it was, I was, I would end up in environments that weren't conducive to personal growth mm-hmm. that were very top down mandate. You do this because I fucking pay you. Yeah. And they weren't open to change. They weren't open to new ideas, new thoughts. Like they were very old. And I mean, I grew up in the manufacturing world, Midwest. Like this is what you do. You you work in a fucking factory and you punch your clock eight eight to five or eight to eight or whatever it was. And, And then you retired 40 years later. Yeah. I did that because that's what you do, but I hated it. And I don't even yeah. use that word. Like if you guys watch 
earlier or Tuesday's episode. That's my least favorite word in in all of American in in all of English language is hate. But that's how much I despised that yeah. type of environment. Yeah. And it's and because you would see just how people would get treated and you're just like that's not right. Yeah. Like like I understand like there's rules and you have to follow the rules and and I get that, but it still just didn't feel right that you had to put up with somebody who didn't yeah. care about you. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, I I can understand. I mean, let's be honest. It would be way easier as a boss to not care. Um, it would be way easier to not give a crap, to view people as number, to view them as profit percentages, all those kinds of things. That's just not how I'm going to choose to live my life. That's not how I'm going to choose to run this company. Um, no right. way. Um, and so it's just funny because like guys will be like, you know, to build morale, we should learn all our people's wife's name. And I'm like, bitch, I know my wife, all my guy's wife's name and their kid's name. Like, what do you mean? Like, I go on double dates with them. I hang out with them. Like, I care about them. Like, it sucks when I fire them. Um, right. I've had to fire a lot of guys. And I, I've, you know, the one of the last guys I fired, I was pissed. I was so mad because, like, it was actually a kid from the Juvie Hall. And he had worked for us for about a year. And, man, I was, like, so thrilled. And he was doing so well. And he slowly started to resort more and more to his past behavior. And I was like, dude, stop, stop. You know, like gave him like 30 chances and finally i was just like dude you screwed up like you just lost the best job you might ever have like there's not a person that's rooting for you more than me and not that i would never hire him back or anything but it was just like it sucked you know and like the ability i wish sometimes i had the ability to turn it off and not feel but nah you know it's not it's not what we're gonna do here um so, yeah, I mean, you can inspire people or you can demand people. And like, I don't know, I, I want to inspire people, you know. Um, right. So, yeah. But it's been fun, man. So like we like I said at the beginning, like it's a it's a phrase we say a lot, like we want to be the company that people want to work for, not have to work for. So I was sitting with a, you know, there's been a couple guys that we have fired. And it's funny, like they said, um, both of them said, I didn't realize that they said, well, you need me. And I said, hey, man, I don't need you. And it's not like I, I was, I've, we've all been at companies that say like, you know, right. we existed long before you and we'll be here long after you. And you're just a number. Everybody's replaceable. And I try not to say that. Like, everybody's replaceable, right. but at a cost. But I just said to him, dude, hey, I don't need you, but I want you. I want you to want to be here just like you don't need us. Like if you right. quit or get fired, you're going to find a different job. Like you're going to figure it out. Like we're not we're not Jesus. You're saying, and uh, they both had that attitude of like, you you can't fire us, and we were like, eh, yeah, you know, like yeah, we can, um, and we were right. fine. And it, I mean, it sucked. I mean, they were good electricians. That's what's funny is we only like fire good electricians um, that have <laughs> dick attitudes. Um, yeah, it's weird. So, right. So let let's talk about being a boss real quick because yeah that plagues on you like you you and i definitely are on like a very very similar wavelength because i toil over having to let my artists go having to let interns or staff go like i like it it 
hurts me almost on a physical level to have to let people go because it's like this, everything that's happened, everything that's been built, the network, the, like, I call it my spider web. Like everything's been built because of all these amazing people, whether they're still here or otherwise. And, um, yeah, like, yeah, it hurts sometimes to be a boss. Yeah. Well, I think one of the, and that's why I say inspiration is so important is it was funny. I was talking to somebody today and, you know, they give me compliments and I I do hate whenever you give somebody a compliment and they're like, don't thank me. You know, it it happens a lot in like churches. You're like, Hey, that was a really good sermon. And they're like, don't thank me. Thank God. And you're like, all right, Dick, I was just saying you you did a good job. You held my attention, you know, like, don't be a weirdo. Just say thanks, you know? Um, right. But uh, the best thing that I did, man, is I rallied great people. So like we took a massive pay cut to start this. Um, we've made money since day one, though. That's where I would disagree with a lot of entrepreneurs that are like, you know, haven't made money in two years. I'm like, man, seven. I made money day one. <laughs> like you got to you got to make money somehow, man. Like I was a single income. So it was like I, I would work eight hours, billable hours. And I mean, I had a skill that I could sell that people needed, you know. Um, but I would, uh, sorry, where was I going with that? Oh, I'd rally people. And so like, I have, I mean, we're, we're pretty freaking awesome and it's not because of me. I mean, we have arguably like three of the best electricians in Kansas city. We guarantee have two of the best project managers in the city. We're a 25 guy shop. Like we have 20, you know, a little over 20 electricians. Like there's no reason we should be so top heavy when it comes to skill and guys, like one of the, the, the best electrician in Kansas City, hands down, came to work here. And uh, his previous company offered him a $12 an hour raise to stay. And he still turned it down. <laughs> yeah, 12 bucks. And did not. And here's what's even crazier. So turned down the $12 an hour raise and still came to work for us and didn't ask for a dollar more. Like that was a thing. It wasn't like a leverage ploy to try to get more from us. It, wow. He was 100% on board. Um and I think that's like what people don't realize is like you can't demand that kind of attitude. You can inspire that kind of attitude. You can't demand it. Um, and so like as a boss, dude, honestly, like so we uh, it's funny, like the boss gets all the credit. And so, you know, a lot of times I get invited to like these meet and greets or these like super fancy things. Like we do a lot of restaurants and stuff. And the last restaurant right. we did, it was it was awesome. It was like so cool. And uh, it's in Kansas City. So best barbecue in the world. And they said, hey, we want to invite you and your wife. No, it's definitely the best barbecue. Like, you can edit out whatever you're thinking is better, but it's not. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just giving a hard time, man. I love yeah. barbecue, though. So Yeah. But anyways, we were like, hey, man, I'm not going to go to this unless the foreman can go and all the apprentices. And long story short, we were able to roll in there with, like, six of our guys and their significant others. So there's like 12 people nice. that were involved in the project. It wasn't just me and my wife. You know what I mean? It was all of us. And I think little things like that go a long way to show like you're not, just, you know, anybody who wants to, wants to start a company because they want the entrepreneur lifestyle can like, can, they can screw off, um, you know, that want to just like take selfies on the beach and stuff. Like that's so damn frustrating because it's like, I tell my guys, it's like, hey, I want to like buy a Tesla when you guys think I should deserve a Tesla, I guarantee you these guys continue to get the opportunity and the raises like they've got, you know, for the first three years, 20 years from now, 
they're going to be cool if I'm on the beach or if I'm buying a Tesla, like guaranteed, because they're going to be taken right. care of. You know what I mean? I right. can't be buying a lake house when they're getting evicted. You know, <laughs> like, right. um, so. And, and that's, that's what makes life so amazing because we can, because that's where, I guess that's where you and I differ when it comes to entrepreneurship. I spent the first seven years giving everything away. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> but but I had I had day jobs. I was able I was able to make it work. It just I mean I grew up in a very religious house. You just came, yeah. and and now I'm getting to the point where I've earned my I've earned clout to the point where I can actually I mean I'm building a team around an agency to charge yep. to charge I mean to 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 build up yep. and actually create sustainable business practices for yeah small and and it says companies as well as yeah individual personal brands yeah because I've literally been doing that from day one yeah but and, so you had a day job you had a day job and you were doing this like oh yeah as a side hustle and, so but I would say that, but it was a, it was a forty and forty kind of thing. It was like I was always working, and I still am. Yeah, I just mean the people. So, like, whenever I so the reason I say this, and I'm huge about this, is when I started Empowered Electric, there was about six six guys I knew that also started. Like, one started a framing company, one started a painting company, two others were electricians, and so there was like a group of us that were kind of like, yeah, startup. All of them <laughs> have gone out of business. Um, not one of them is still in business and I have 25 employees. We went from $300,000 in revenue our first year, 1.8 million our second year to 3.8 last year, all while continuing to grow profit margins. So, I mean, this, this is something like I, I know that we can succeed at. They all had right. the attitude of, well, you don't make money for the first couple of years. It was their full-time thing. It was their only source of income. They weren't doing a different job getting paid and then trying Right. It's like you have to make money. If you don't make money, you're going to give up. Like um, now I didn't do I didn't have a job and kickstart a side hustle. Like and I don't mean that in a negative way. Like there's different. Oh, ways. I know. Just like there's people that like get big ass loans to start it. Like that's a different way. Like I didn't do that. I'm not against it. It's just they're able to do things differently. Like I use the free Dropbox account. They have Dropbox business, you know, like. I right. have broken cell phones for a year and a half. They have all the new tech because they have startup funds. I don't like, it's just different. You know what I mean? So, and, and for, and for me with how I grew up mm -hmm. and the life that I had, it was, I am so glad I went through it the way that I did because it's, it's allowed me to go into any circumstance and say, look what I've built with next to nothing. Yeah. Give me a yeah. little bit of something and watch what I can do. Yeah. No, that is awesome. And, and that for a confidence boost, when we're talking about self-awareness and, and what it actually takes, like I know that this stuff's not easy. And I mean, yeah. but I also know that every single thing I've done has led up to now. Yeah. And oh, yeah. even, even this, even this fucking show, because I've spent the last seven, almost the last decade creating incredible relationships and, and helping people. Yeah. And, yeah. and, but I mean, I started in the music business, the music business, unlike what you do, didn't have tangible value. 
Like, mm-hmm. I, you can't hire me to do a job, then turn around. And pay. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, like, it didn't yeah. work that way. Yeah. And, but it's so, I'm so glad I've gone through it the way that I have. Yeah. I'm so glad I get to connect and have dope ass hour long conversations with inspiring people like you. Yeah. And because the whole mission of this, man, is to change one person's life. If one yeah. person hears this and is able to make their lives better because of it, like that's a win for me. Yeah. That that sure. is everything that I want with this. Now, for those of you who are listening through listening to this or watching this and are are maybe going through something and you're not sure how to get out. I must say this for myself. I'm not going to speak for Josh. I'll let Josh speak for himself. Please reach out. If you don't want to reach out to me, there's amazing resources. And I'm actually in the process of uh, redes- or designing my website, philbryanblock.com. And yeah. uh, on there, it's going to have a lot of resources for people. Um, because I know there's no one unified source for resources for to, to seek help. And they're, they can be hard to find. I want to be a resource. I want to help. So call me. Yeah. I mean, Josh, you know this. My fucking yeah. cell phone number is in my in my profile. Just yeah. like yours is. Yeah. And, yeah. And I and I love it. I love being accessible. So if you're going through something, if you're struggling, I don't care what it is. Call me. I'm an ear to listen. Yeah. And hopefully, I can offer some guidance if I can. I can definitely point you in the right direction. Yeah, I've been a huge fan of, do you know about To Write Love on Her Arm? Um, Jamie Torinsky. Jamie, I'd love, yeah. like, Jamie's been a huge inspiration. Yeah, no, but, I mean, they're they're a great, they're a great resource. I like, I mean, I really enjoy a lot of their stuff. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know what I would say um, to people that are struggling and hurting. Because, I mean, it's so, it's so, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know why you're hurting. Um, I don't know what the pain is. And and honestly, Josh, though, it's really not about what to say to somebody mm-hmm. who's hurting. It's about yeah. simply listening. Yeah. Because more often than not, if you're struggling, just like I struggle, I mean, I struggle with depression mm-hmm. and suicide for yeah. 12 years. Like, this is not easy stuff. And yeah, oftentimes it's straight up. You just need somebody who can listen to you. Just somebody yeah. to, to to pour everything that you're feeling out. And when you get it out, even if it's only for a night, you feel better. Yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, de- I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I also would say, though, you do need to hear good resources. So it's like, oh, yeah. whether it's James Terensky, whether it's like, dude, so. I don't know how you're going to take this, but I got a bunch of buddies and like had suicide oh. attempts and things like that. You know, it, it, it was brutal, but, um, you, uh, I always say, uh, shit, I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it sucks. It's hard, but like, you got to get the hell up, up, man. You can't stay there. Like it, it does take work. It does take, a, Oh, I know what I was going to say, Depressed people, stop listening to depressing music. All that emo, indie, alternative rock nonsense that's sad. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But not when I'm sad. 
when I'm sad, I'm turning on freaking uh, Uptown Funk, Justin Timberlake, like something like Poppy, Peppy, Let's Go Beyonce. <laughs> like, uh-uh. You know, so it's like sad people get together and listen to sad music. Stop that nonsense. So, I, I don't know, thing dude, I don't you're speak, like about You're speaking to a forever emo kid right now. Like, <laughs> it, 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 for me, it's allow, again, allowing myself to feel, right? So, yeah, yeah. But everybody and their music taste is different. So, like, mad respect, bro. Like, you gotta do you if you're <laughs> if that if you're down and listening to yeah. like fucking yeah. Dallas Green gets you even more down. Definitely don't. But for me, it's yeah. cathartic. Like that, oh, that's why this this, <laughs> this entire content series. Like, I mean, we've talked yeah. about some dark shit over these last eighteen episodes, and yeah, and painful stuff. I'm just uniquely wired to be able to handle it all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, so, if you're thinking about suicide, don't listen to Adam's song by Blink-182. Like, right. Don't do it. Right. right. Listen to Britney Spears. Okay. <laughs> I, don't know, so, I don't know. That's an entire... I mean, listen to Roland. Let's shout out Roland, man. Like, come on. I mean, this kid... Fucking mad. I have respect. not listened to him yet. I have not listened to him yet. I need Dude. to. You're in the Gary V world and you have not listened to Roland yet. Come on. So I do. So I love Gary V. I've taken like a six month. I can't handle him for a little while. Me sabbatical. Too. <laughs> like I need a little break. So good. Love it. Hey, um, I'm, what am I listening to right now? I'm listening to Andy Frisella, the MF CEO. Um, started listening to his stuff quite a bit. And uh, Russell Brand. The comedian has a, a podcast called Beneath. Oh, he's the fucking Canon. brilliant. Yeah, I did not know that. So I've been listening to that a lot. Those two, those two a lot. And Joe right. Rogan. So I, I honestly don't listen to a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, but you guys, well. find driving. Your, you got to find your escape. For me, yep. it's always been music. I yep. love finding new stuff. Like I'm, I'm actually um, Monday. I'm launching my new um, Apple Music playlist feature every Monday. I'm dropping a new playlist. Um, I'm just excited to be doing something new and more music and yeah. incorporating some of the record label, which is some of the shit that I love. And yeah, um, I don't know. Music's always music's yeah. my life, but um, I love it. I just so love rap. Oh, dude, I've got, dude, it was, it was hip hop that brought me back to the music business. Like, That's hilarious. Straight up fucking hip hop that got me back. It was funny too, because mm -hmm. I was a punk rock kid, man. Like fucking Mohawk yeah. and everything. And um, oh. fucking hilarious though. Like I had no yeah. pictures from back in that day. But like, yeah. I don't, I'm sure friends from back in the day have pictures, but I was too busy living. I wasn't documenting anything back then, but yeah. um it's amazing what you get to, what we get to do. Like yeah. this whole thing started because of social media and this is how we take social media and make it work positively for people. Like, yeah, for sure. Mad respect for you and what you've done with empowered electric. Like seriously, you're doing something that is so incredibly compelling and I'm <laughs> straight up honored to, to be taking up an hour of your yeah. Friday night. By the yeah. way, happy belated birthday. I know your birthday was last week. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Appreciate it. 
this this is the next this is what happens next man this is the way that we can put positivity out into the universe and allow it to be a safe place for people to share so yeah. hit me up for if, sure if, if 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 bro if you ever need to pick me up or just somebody to listen yeah. i know you got a bunch of people but straight up anytime mm. i'm here sometimes um <laughs> Yeah, and no, I appreciate that. Yeah, and then uh, to everybody else, thank you for yep. listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, this will be available on Sunday night on all the podcasting platforms as well as YouTube. Uh, and this will be shared to Instagram later tonight um, because I hit 10K this week. And I can do the fancy swipe up oh, and I'm shoot. fucking excited. Yeah. But, um, so it's funny. There's two things in my life, two, two goals, right? So I want to be able to do a muscle up. You know, that's like the pull up where you pull yourself up and CrossFitters mm -hmm. push themselves up. The second I do that, I'm done working out. Like I made it. I did one muscle <laughs> up. I'm done. Second, I hit 10,000 followers and I can swipe up. I'm done with Instagram. Like I made it. <laughs> so, no, see, I'm not yeah. done. This is just the beginning. I'm done. I'm going to swipe up. Oh, I lost you. Oh, no, nah, nothing. I was just making a joke. You're gonna it swipe was a really good joke. On, right? I'm going to swipe up and then throw my phone. I'm just going to, like, mic drop. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> so, yeah, this was fun. Thanks for making it happen. Thanks for consistently doing it. I'm sure it's hard Absolutely. to just continue to do this. So, it's good not, job. It's not easy, but uh, nothing in life that's ever easy is or ever worth it comes easy. So, yeah, I'm in it for the long for sure. haul, man. This is 100% about a legacy and about leaving an impact bigger than what yeah. one would thought possible at fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, high yeah. school. So love it. Um, cool. Tell the people real quick uh, where they can find out more information about you and where they can find out more information. I'm obviously going to include links, yeah. but yeah. Uh, and where they can so, find out about Empowered Electric. Let me see. So E M P O W E R E D K C. Um, that's also our Twitter Twitter handle. That's also our Facebook. Um, it's also our, our website, empoweredkc.com. We're launching a podcast a month from now, um, kind of telling the 10 stories leading up to Empowered Electric, probably like a little mini series. Um, nice. But yeah, man, hit us up on Instagram. Um, we have some dope shirts. Um, I want to give one of those. Yeah. So what's fun is like, and I should have shouted that out. I'll, I'll send you one for sure. But all the proceeds go into a scholarship fund that, when we hire electricians that maybe can't buy all the tools needed um, to start the job, we're able to use that money to give it to them to, to help get the tools needed. They start, well, they pay roll deduct, pay it back. And uh, we take that money at the, you don't need to yeah. send me one. I'm going to like, I'll straight up fucking buy one because I want to support yeah. that shit. So, well, um, and it's fun. Then we, we give all that money at the end of the year to, to a charity. So it's, it's fun awesome. for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Thank you, everybody. Uh, stay tuned for on Monday for next week's announcement of, of my special guest. Uh, season two has started off with a fucking bang, and I cannot wait for the the, the next weeks of con or next weeks and months of content as the series progresses. And uh, from the bottom of my heart, to everybody who has yeah. taken part in this, watches it, listens to it, uh, thank you so much. Each and every one of you, Matt, mean the world to me because. I mean, you have a lot better thing, bigger, better things to do with your life and your time 
than to spend an hour listening to people talk about what they've dealt with uh, for their life. But I love you for taking the time out. Uh, in the meantime, my friends, have a great weekend. And as I end every single video, have fun, be happy, and also hard. But remember, if you're not living the first two, there's no amount of the third that can make the first two happen. And then take some time to breathe. So until the next time, guys, see you.